This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So there's a big movement uh, in the toy industry towards uh, moving towards gender neutrality um, in toys, and uh, uh, which I think is a great thing. I'm glad that it's happening. So California... Um, recently passed a law requiring large department stores to create actual sections of gender neutral um, merchandise uh, mm. of non-gendered toys and also mm. non-gendered childcare. Um, and so, but it's been, this is like a pattern that's been happening for a while. But when that headline did come out, it was very like, even I had to laugh at how California it was, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Uh, but like, I, I mean, I think it's, I, I think it can only help. It can't hurt anything, you know? Um, mm -hmm. In terms of retail, uh, let's see, Toys R Us, uh, which is apparently uh, alive again, announced yeah. they're doing away with gender signage in their stores. All they right. deleted boy and girl filters from their website in 2015. Um, Target, in 2015, that's great. <clears throat> apparently, yeah. And Target nixed gender, gendered aisles and labels in 2015. Yeah. Although I would not have guessed that having been there. Yeah, it does seem very, I mean, just because we... I get yeah okay yeah I get that. you know I just it's just very like it's, it's very, because of the color or yes, like they do they the do colors. a thing where like the branding for the 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 dolls the, like the actual like Rainbow High LOL Barbies etc are usually in the pink realm pink yes and then the boy toys or boy toys quote unquote are like green and blue and it's just like Alan this weird quit color. mincing words Target is oppressive <laughs> <laughs> even Walmart uh, apparently has nixed the gendered aisles although yeah. you can still search oh, by gender online. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's pretty fascinating. I don't I mean, understand what they mean by nix the gendered aisle. I guess they don't say boys and girls. They just might okay. still have pink and blue or it's, yeah. still, it's still, still like clear. They'll still like put toys that are historically traditionally more geared towards, you know, little yeah. girls or girl identifying girls in in one area. And mm -hmm. so it's it is sort of a weird and, and, and I think it speaks to sort of how we're slowly as a society getting to a place where maybe we don't necessarily need to see toys as gendered. Yeah. And Mattel it's this, is, is and, doing and, a line of genderless Barbies and I don't know what that actually no, means. There is, no, no, they're out. They're not even, they're not even that? like, they're, so they're, they're dolls that, um, and there's so many companies that do this too. Rainbow High has, has one like this and where you can, um, it's a doll that can go Either way, you can put, you can change the hair so it's female. You can change or whatever you not you know female presenting or whatever mm. it might be, or you can change it oh, so that there's a you dress. Son of a <laughs> you bitch! Can, you can change it so that the doll has a dress, or is in pants, or is as a baseball mm. hat, or you can just there's lots of different options and clothing options you, that can, you can go in for the doll. You can put the baseball hat on the person's head. You can put it on their genitals. <laughs> yes. and they're new. Well, they don't have they're, genitals. They just, don't have genitals. What is the body shape? I, I'm not saying they did. <laughs> the I'm just saying it's pretty standard. Be. I mean, it's a pretty. It's just sort of a standard, and it goes to. <laughs> I mean, I think I think it's a great move because I remember distinctly as a kid being very, very scared and embarrassed to be wanting to play with a Barbie that yeah. my cousins maybe had or something and not being able to because it just it just felt wrong. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And and so and then I, and then I just sort of stopped playing with toys because I just not, there was no literally what a there sad was like, little boy. You were <laughs> no, but there was because I, I couldn't play. I couldn't go in the direction I wanted to go. 
And yeah. so if I couldn't go in that direction, well, I'm just not going to have any interest in toys and I'm going to do other shit. And yeah. it was just, but it was a really uncomfortable dance for me as a little boy. I remember sort of figuring out how to navigate the world of toys in the way I wanted to navigate them. And if only that little boy had known that he would grow up <laughs> to lose his virginity to a doll's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. only that little boy to the, would have to, known. to a flamboyant, some would say first gender queer basketball okay. player. Okay, well, I, I mean, support it. That's, and, that, is, that is true. And yeah. he lives in a house with like a literal dis- beautiful dis- Dennis Rodman. Dennis dis- Rodman like, we're no, talking dis- about, yeah. I'm talking about the display of beautiful dolls oh, that are in your home. I, now. I do. Yes. Yeah. Right. So Michael, Michael is, I mean, my, I, I have a few dolls, but I tend to go in the more film direction. I have a Rosie O'Donnell doll. Yeah. Mm. Kush ball. Kush ball. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I just pulled up a Kush ball for everyone listening. That's right. Um, yeah. And I have Lucille ball. I have a Maya Angelou Barbie, which I'm really, I love a Glenn yeah. Close from 101 Dalmatians yeah. Barbie. Like, but Michael has all these rainbow high dolls. And I will say just speaking of sort of genderless dolls, um, rainbow high and LOL and all of them, they do a really good job of sort of knowing that like the 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 demographic that is going for these dolls is not, it's not just boy girl, it's it's queer boy, queer girl, older girl, like, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, this, yeah. there's lots of different avenues that are being attracted to these dolls. And it's really kind of exciting because you don't see that a lot. You don't see a lot of sort of like, no, literally I mean, a, I- a brand that is very openly queer in a way. I would, yeah, I would also say, you know, when it comes to, yeah, I mean, it doesn't even have to be queer boy or queer girl. I mean, I'm sure just lots of boys and girls want to experiment with different types of toys. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I, the, the funny thing, so I found, you know, a little peek behind the curtain. I found this article and I sent it to Elliot. And uh, when I found it, even though I agree with the fundamentals, uh, I did think of it as sort of like, I hate when liberal states do like the most cartoonish thing. Which is that, what California did. Which is what California did, which is, you know, literally like a, like sort of a like an over the top example of like government <laughs> overreach, like government reaching into the toy aisle, a target, which had already apparently been uh, de-genderized or something. So so it, it felt it felt in that sense, maybe a little bit um tortured but uh but i think at the end of the day it's you know i think it's a good thing do you i mean when when you guys buy toys for your nieces and nephews uh is the toy buying experience um, stressful it's very stressful striking or stressful doesn't have a do you feel i mean i can just say for myself like having bought toys for um my niece now i mean she's still a tiny little baby but like yeah just check just being aware of the toy aisle it is it's still kind of remarkable how how gendered I think it can be. And yeah. it's nice to know that they're moving in a different direction, but yeah, mm-hmm. I guess, I don't know. It does Well, it is also feel... nice to know that this, I mean, just just in response to what yeah. we're saying there, like it is, it is nice to know that you live in a state, even though maybe it wasn't a massive call for this legislation, it is nice to know that the state backs up a community of people that are often targeted in stores outside of major cities like Los Angeles, yeah. San Francisco, San Diego, et cetera. Um, like I'm, th- I'm thinking of the, the trans person who goes to Riverside. the the Walmart in um, uh, Ventura or something like somewhere Bakersfield. small, Bakersfield, yep. et cetera. And, and what that experience must be like for that person in general. So just to know that even in a toy aisle, the state backs you up, that you have the experience yeah. to freely shop here and, to express yourself and to be yourself in any place in the state of California in a public setting and you are protected. That's an important, important statement that I think, yeah. you know, yeah, I get it. I love, I love that California does that. Yeah. I, uh, I don't buy toys for my niece and nephew. I give them money because they have everything <laughs> they've ever wanted. You give money. That's money. I would never yeah. think you would give money. And they have- either. They have more money than I have. They're, they're <laughs> and see, I feel like you would give them cool toys. Yeah, why wouldn't you give them gifts? I, I, I wanted to, and and I did for the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that they get, especially around Christmas time, they get so much stuff yeah. that I was like, I was, you know, torturing myself. I was spending days like looking and thinking. And then, you know, they open it. It's just another gift that gets thrown in a pile that's burned, you know, in, yeah. in, in three months later. And I was like, maybe maybe I should just let them yeah. uh, choose what they want with 
with money, but I do do a scavenger hunt for the money on Christmas. So that's I have to go huge. Through the of stuff. I find the old Brent twist. I find mm-hmm. the the hunting for toys often. Whenever I've given a toy to my niece or nephew or friends of mine who have kids, it's usually a reflection of the toy that I would have wanted at that yes, age. Yes, for sure. Know? And for sure. so. Yeah. oftentimes they don't give a shit about the toy that I gave them. Like right, my niece, for right. example, there was one year she liked Frozen, right? So I go home for the first time and I give her a Frozen thing and she doesn't, she no longer gives a fuck about Frozen. Right. And now she's yeah, obsessed with Harry right. Potter or something. And it's like, right. it's, it's- Oh, how dare <laughs> It's one of those- J.K. Rawlings. <laughs> it's one of those things where like, it's, I don't feel like I'm ever going to win in the toy department. So I just like, yeah. I'm wasting money, but I'll yeah. do it anyway because I like- giving gifts and I don't want to give them money because um, I don't want to give them that control. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do the same thing. I've recently been like, a, I, when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, I was always obsessed with like currency. And I've recently wanted to start like buying. Cause you know, you can buy like sort of offbeat currency uh like you know, they're called like silver notes or blue notes. Yeah. 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 Uh, that they're worth like, you know, twice what the dollar value actually is. So like a one is worth $2 but I I've been recently like obsessed with finding like kind of offbeat money to give them Mm. um, just to kind of see if that sparks like an interest in, in something that isn't LOL dolls, uh, (laughs) which they love almost as much. Do they love LOL dolls? Yes. Wow. Wow. I love it. I I can tell you, unfortunately, I have a very distinct memory of my grandma giving me a silver dollar and mm. wanting me to be so excited. And I was just like, it's just a coin. It's just a coin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, I can't right, use right. it. <laughs> all I wanted then and all I honestly want now is the smell of my little ponies. What? Oh, oh what? they smell amazing. My little ponies? <laughs> that smell, yes. Wait, that's wanna... weird. Wait, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Alan. Don't forget what you're going to say. Because uh, weirdly, they're like, all right, sorry. I have, But I have to get into this. Everyone, it. everyone who knows me knows I love walking in like big crowds because I love smelling people. I just, yeah. I think most people smell good. <laughs> Very rarely does someone smell bad. And it's like such an excited, like an interesting experience. And I've always said one and it's about one in a thousand people smell just like my brother's He-Man action figures. And every time I walk by one of them, it's like once a week. I'll walk by someone and I'll be like, oh my God. And it's like, I'm instantly brought back into my, like to my brother's bedroom and in our, you know, house growing up, playing with his He-Man action figures. And they had such a distinct smell. Yeah. And it's so visceral, you know, it really brings you back. I don't know, but I think my little ponies were scented, but I often, every now and then I'll smell something and it truly, I mean, I mean, it feels like more visceral than any other like sense sensory i'm literally uh, just picturing elliot in the toy aisle smelling (laughs) something in the heart of a small child like i'm just seeing him like secretly i'm not the one one going through crowd sniffing anything (laughs) it's the smell that brings me back i recently went online you remember smelly markers uh yeah yeah, yeah. i I love those Those so so those were great yes but you know they made horrible for you though Uh, who cares uh you know, they made like a 24 pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they've got one that smells like nacho cheese. And <sighs> I want to smell that so badly. Oh, <laughs> they've got oh, like wow. a, they've got, I love, like, I love whenever a company does like the, the big one. Cause you're like, oh, there's going to be some deep cuts here. Yeah. And I think nacho cheese was one of them. Oh, there was like another really weird offbeat scent. And I was like, oh, how fun would it be to be a kid drawing wow. with a nacho cheese marker? I just think it's, uh, I'm just so I don't jealous. have an aversion <laughs> to things to smell like smells like, or, or like a memory sense of smells like that, except I do hate the false smell of like birthday cake flavored things and how yeah. that smells. And there was a couple of years ago, Elliot was obsessed with these protein bars or these like yes. food replacement bars that he were was birthday, obsessed with them. birthday they were like cake $8. flavored. <laughs> birthday cake flavored. And I remember smelling them once being like, I can never, I can never smell this again. And, and by the way, the first three bites are great. The next four bites are okay. Didn't and then the last 20 like bites days? are hell. They're just the cal- hell. The calorie, t- the calories were outrageous, and I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Not a-
not even joking. Our guest today, oh, I am such a fan. I'm fangirling out. I can't take it. <laughs> I'm not going to make you wait any longer. Peppermint! Hey! Hello, Peppermint. Darling, I'm fabulous. <laughs> oh, so from RuPaul's Drag Race, Pepper, you are incredible. You are you are such a wonderful, we have so many friends in common, too. I was talking with um, Kimchi about you. And oh, my gosh. How lovely you are. Yeah. I love that bitch. Yeah, she's incredible. I mean, Elliot and Brent are here too, but now it's just you and I talking. Hi. <laughs> oh, hi. <laughs> Whenever I think of your name, I always think of RuPaul saying pep peppermint. <laughs> I just love the peppa. <laughs> How did you come up with that? Why did you come up with that name? Peppermint? Yeah, where did the name come from? It's my favorite flavor. My favorite candies. <laughs> Me too. Oh, yeah? Like the, you like the starlight peppermints? Yes. I mean, honestly, my anything. favorite. Anything mint, but of course I love starlight mints. Come on, yeah. Who you got a little starlight, like starlight mint, and a, and a thing of tea. Ooh, it's such a sweetness. Yeah. Oh wow. I love it. It's fun. It's fun. I did it when I was a kid, and I thought I was so sophisticated. Well, honey, when I come you, over, you will not need to ask me what I want to drink. <laughs> you put the hard candy in the tea. You just drop it right in there. Yeah. You just oh, yeah, it right melts. It's sugar. It's just it's sugar. Sweet. That's smart. Do you like? Yeah. You, I, you know what I don't like the peppermint. That's like. Cinnamon peppermint? Oh no. Cinnamon peppermint. Cinnamon. No, I can't. Yeah, yeah, I don't you, like yeah those. it's like the spicy one. They're, the, they're the, the the pink oh. ones that have the stripes on them. You know, those are bullshit. I and, the and, I, and, and I know we're going on a pep on a peppermint tangent here, but <laughs> the best thing are the puffy peppermints, the ones that like melt in your mouth at a diner. Yeah. Oh, like that are at the oh, front of the yeah. um, restaurant. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they the absolute best. Non-COVID safe ones. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In the yes. little tin with you take the spoon and you put them and you just The very them. best. Yes. Yes. <laughs> My yeah. mother, every holiday, but usually throughout the year because we're pretty much like a holiday 24-7, 365 family. Okay. Has those like, they're the really thick, like they're 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 like balls of peppermint. And yes. you put them in your mouth and they kind of melt. They're like, the, they're like the mints at the restaurant, but much bigger and substantial. Delicious, mm. delicious. Wow. Where are yeah, y'all great. getting this damn peppermints? I mean, you got to leave New York, honey, because <laughs> the whole world never, is out there never, just loving on the peppermint. You. How dare you? <laughs> well, so you have a you have so much going on right now. But one of the things that I well, actually, no, one of the things I do want to talk to you about because I know a lot of people probably ask you this: is Would you ever do All Stars? Of course, I would. Like that's that's something that I think people are like itching to see you on. And, that's not and, the that's not what they want. And that's the itching is definitely some kind of VD. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, yeah, I mean, of course, I would definitely do all stars. But, you know, I mean, the, the I, I guess the question is, what I what would I cancel to do all stars? Would I have taken yes. back my Broadway debut to have done all stars? I'm not sure that I would have. I think it yeah. was good was good for me to do Broadway. Um mm-hmm. And that was the time when they asked me to do All Stars and I had to choose between the two. Obviously I chose Broadway. Um, And so I'm trying my best to stay afloat, but also like keep keep working on things that I think are worthwhile and fun for me, but also hopefully will, you know, resonate and put out some, something that's a little bit entertaining for people. And I'm not gonna stop doing that. If All Stars happens to be one of those things and I'll then, I'll do it. But if it ever comes to a time where I have to like, I'm not going to accept any jobs this year and I will starve. And hopefully all stars will ask me. I don't think you'll ever hear me saying that. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. So working woman. Yeah. Now, what was that like? That was your that was your Broadway debut. It was my Broadway debut. Yeah. Yeah. Head over heels. It was 2018. We closed in 2019. just before the pandemic and right. um and yeah that was my broadway debut had That's you always wild. wanted to do like broadway and 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 like like obviously you're a uh, nightlife performer and are you know a legend and especially you know starting in new york but had like traditional theater been something you'd always wanted to do or did it did it sort of come um later well, yeah, I mean, I was always very theatrical, you know, and if that's what my the folks would always say when I was a little kid and they didn't know what kind of queer words to um, ascribe to my swishiness, right? They would just say, oh, th- this one's just theatrical. 
Um, <laughs> and so I, I was obviously like most queer kids, I was in drama class and all in mm -hmm. community theater and choir and then of course band and then, you know, color guard. Um, oh, wow, color guard. You were yes, darling. The, I was the twirling the that fans, flags. Right? Yes, darling. Wow. And sabers, not, not, honey. That's amazing. I didn't do rifles though. Um, <laughs> they, you know, because that was one of the things you could do rifles. But one yeah. of the girls got hit in the head. I was like, oh no, 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 darling. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah. So I was always really a theatrical person. And then when I went to college, or when I when the, when everyone else was, um, you know, uh, applying, can't even think of the mm -hmm. word to universities, <laughs> I was like, well, I already know that I'm not getting into X, Y, Z yeah. school. So I applied to art schools only. Um, mm. And so it's not like I like had a dream of of working in professional theater or mm -hmm. or or even prof even entertainment in general. Like I've, I like to be entertaining and I like to be on stage, but I didn't really make the connection that that could be a job or a career. Yeah. So it wasn't until I got accepted to American Musical Dramatic Academy that I started thinking, okay, well, I could do this for a living. You know, there's yeah. people that like do this, you know, all the time. Um, and so I obviously got in um, and started studying theater, musical theater performance. Mm -hmm. um, so then that's when I really thought, hmm, Broadway. But then in that time, this was the 90s there was no yeah. um there weren't any parts for gals like me and so yeah. i was constantly like why like you know they were like couldn't figure out where to put me and so like mm. you know i played like jack 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 and the beanstalk from into the woods oh, and i was like yeah. why am i Doing I this. was the horse in that. I played the horse in high school. Did you play the horse? The I mean, yeah, I was the cow. Fun. I was I the horse the cow, or the cow? the cow. The cow. You're right. The cow. The cow. The cow. Yeah, I was the butt of the cow. Um, yeah. Oh I, had a, I still this day I have a great butt. Hello. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so yeah. So then even when I graduated from school, I was auditioning, and I just never thought that Broadway was a realistic goal for me. So then and I. And when did you start drag? Because I I remember where we at all that moment from New York. <laughs> that, oh that really? Was a, yeah, because I remember you and I'm good friends with Sherry Vine. I remember you, Sherry Vine, Bianca. Like when I was living in New York, you guys were all over sort of the New York drag scene. I mean, this was obviously before Drag Race. Like, so when yeah. did that start for you? I started doing drag before I like what I mean, in high school. Um, oh, my God. But not obviously like I wasn't working in the clubs or anything. And so mm -hmm. when I got to New York, that was my chance to work in the clubs. And so, you know, I probably like the third day of me being in college i was like where are wow. these clubs and <laughs> i you know i may have gone out to the club out of drag i actually i know that i never went to any club out of drag <laughs> um and i like the first couple weeks i went i paid and then i was like what is this craziness and i you know bargained mm -hmm. i undersold myself and i bargained so I was like maybe i Instead of paying, why don't you just let me come and work for free? I had the brilliant <laughs> idea. And, <Yeah. laughs> um, and so then they gave me a whole raise to $50 and I was working at the Tunnel nightclub. Oh, yeah. The infamous Tunnel nightclub. And Fun. so that was before uh, I met Sherry Vine or any of, those, any, of the, any of the gals that I hang around with now. Um, yeah. But I was working in the nightclubs every weekend while I was in college. And then once I graduated college, I just kept working in the nightclubs every day. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until much later that I was able to kind of put all those things together. Did it, does, does it feel like, um, I don't, does, did it feel like a conscious decision to like lean into drag because it did, because Broadway didn't feel as inclusive as it does now or, and, and, and does it feel like more inclusive now to you? Well, Broadway is definitely more inclusive than it was when I was in school, for sure. Yeah. And when I was starting, when I graduated. Um, yeah. I mean, there was, it was like prohibitive. Like there was like, I wasn't even trying to do anything. I was like, this is yeah. not for me. You know, I mean, I could have played a slave. There were a couple drag roles, I guess. Um, yeah. I mean, literally a slave, like Jim and Big River. Like that's what people yeah. were putting. And um, 
and and so you know obviously I didn't want to play a slave um, right and and there was there was only a couple of drag roles it was like the producers and there was you know obviously Lacage and you know things like that uh, and so that was what I could aspire to but like I wasn't even really only that so attracted few of those roles, roles. Even. there's so few yeah. Yeah. yeah and I wasn't really drawn to those stories because these were a couple of you know middle-aged white men and I just really didn't have yeah. anything in common with them that's the um, craziest thing it's like you think about it and like up until recently even though the industry is so prevalent it's still a problem queer, though it's still right but the irony right now, of there's a black so woman Sharon D Clark who is headlining um Carolina Change and it's mm -hmm. like then that musical is so rare on Broadway because outside the color purple you never see it there's no other comparable part in a musical other than maybe like gypsy and that goes to a middle-aged white woman and it's like yeah there's just there's no role and gypsy could be played by a black woman hello world <laughs> like that hello could be a black production and it's like there's opportunities but they just aren't being made which sucks. they aren't i mean the, the layer that we're in right now with broadway they think that they think that a thing that i think that they were um kind of leading up to you know over the past decade was really trying to wrap their head around sort of what they were calling non-traditional casting, where mm -hmm. it was just different different people in different of different races playing the it family medical, members, doesn't it? Yeah, it, like, does it, sound, it sounds clinical. It does sound yeah. clinical. It's so clinical. You know, uh. ooh, sounds fun. Um, and get rid that, of that was like, yeah, that was their big pat on the back. Is that they're you know finally removing the wart of Broadway, right? Um, right. But obviously, there's so much more. Right. There's yeah. disabled people. There's there's mm -hmm. all types of different types of queer folks than just gay folks. Um, and so that was never really broached until until more recently. I mean, there were certainly there have always been trans and queer actors on Broadway, but we we don't necessarily know because that wasn't something that was touted and they weren't they may or may not have even been out. Mm -hmm. um, and so. It does feel very new and and new enough that I earned the distinction of being the first ever trans out trans woman to originate a principal role in a Broadway musical. Wow. Just three years ago. So that was like that was that that was as recent as that. Um yeah. the same year that I was on Broadway, there uh Alexandra Billings was on Broadway in the nap and um Kate Bornstein and Ty uh Defoe were on Broadway in straight white men, but those were all plays. Mm -hmm. So there there was a lot of trans people on Broadway during in that same season, or a lot, yeah. there was like a handful um, during that season. And, but Broadway wasn't really clamoring to like be, to, to really be inclusive. I think Broadway really was self-congratulatory a lot of the times because yeah. they know that theater is a magnet for queer people and i think in their mind that's enough but the shame of it is is i know we all know so many um gay men that have danced in choruses on broadway or professional theater and have been told to butch it up for the shows and like <laughs> yeah. you know so like how queer centric are we really being um yeah. And so, no, it wasn't until recently. As a matter of fact, even when, even as when I was on Broadway, I was really struggling to try to get folks to really understand the more about like trans identities. And, you know, people were still kind of uncomfortable and not quite sure about things like pronouns and, and all of these things. Um, whereas now post, thank goodness for the, for BLM, um, mm -hmm post 2020 every show now has a dei you know consultant um diversity equity and inclusion consultant someone who's not a producer or not a creative who's there backstage kind of probably parallel to the stage manager in terms of like stature or rank mm -hmm. um who who is the, just the person there to like field any questions that people have with they're uncertain about how someone's pronouns or something mm -hmm. culturally and they're not quite sure if it's appropriate um you know what what's happening backstage and how to connect to each other and so that's like a a, a wonderful thing that's because huge. because it, yeah. there's like there's there's a place where it's like 
you know, the people in power, the people producing the shows, the people producing even television, entertainment, they're often not queer and they're often, often always white and male. Like usually. that's usually what, yeah, that's usually <laughs> what they are. And it's like, until we get to a place where, frankly, the baby boomer generation dies off a little bit and more queer and POC people and women can rise to the ranks of producing these shows and having the money to really make these things happen. We need those people in there to really diversify and make sure that things on the ground are actually authentically being respected. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, I have a friend who who is working behind the scenes on a, a on a Broadway show, <clears throat> sort of in the administratively, and they're all as all Broadway shows are preparing to come back and open up. Thank goodness after the pandemic, and they were, were considering should we hire someone who's trans or non-binary for this role? Should we consider them? And then they said they said okay, we'll consider it. We'll put somebody in. We'll hold auditions. <clears throat> but we're not willing to change anything. They basically have to look and sound and and move like something like exactly what we're used to. They have to fit into mm -hmm. this exact box. We're not changing anything about anything. And we're like, what are you really doing then? Then it's just tokenism, yeah. you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it is amazing what you have done already and all the things that you are doing too. I mean, you have a new show, Call Me Mother, which is going to be... <sighs> Great. Coming. When does it come out? It's out, boo. Is it out now? Is it out now? Yeah, wow, episode I three it. airs tomorrow, motherfuckers. Oh. What can I say? <laughs> yeah, you can say it. You <laughs> yeah. can say it. So tell, is us, it, tell us about it. Yeah, because it's like, a, I mean, I've always said that like, everyone loves Drag Race and Drag Race is amazing, but like there needs to be a, a, a room for other drag shows on television. And there isn't a lot of that out there. There's We're Here, there's your show, there's Drag Race, but that's really it. So like, what, what's what's what what's so special about Call Me Mother? Darling, it is, um, well, it's a drag reality TV show. So, you know, it's something that a lot of people I think can, can it'll, it'll satisfy the, the, um, the palate of a lot of the people. Itch. Yeah, uh, it is a little bit different. I guess the format is kind of similar to the, the voice. Um, mm -hmm. If you had to kind of compare it, it's not a singing show. Um, yeah. It's a reality competition show. So there's performance and things like that. But basically there's uh, three drag houses, three mothers of those houses, of course. And each week uh, the, the house that's in the bottom, the mother of the house that's in the bottom has to decide which of her children she's going to send home. Um, so it's Oof. quite dramatic. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> Actually, yeah, that is dramatic. That's And that's are stressful. the contestants like new to drag? Well, the contestants, uh, some are, but most ha have their own experience and uh -huh. um, have their own special specialty. Uh, uh -huh. There's <laughs> all different types of performers, all different types of, all different types of drag represented. There's, uh, you know, femme drag, there's mask drag, there's, uh, you know, drag kings, drag queens, and then there's mm. also non-binary drag, like presentations. Um, yeah. In addition to some of the entertainers and performers are either trans or non-binary or just, or not, you know, cis. Mm -hmm. And so there's a whole, it's a whole nice blend and there isn't like one token. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, I, I mean, it's not like everyone hears one thing and we have our one trans person. It's not mm, that. Yeah. There's like, a lot of people. I don't know how everyone identifies specifically, but there's several trans people. There's several non-binary folks. There's different types of, you know, it's just pretty Isn't inclusive. It amazing how like sh these shows can get away with, because to me, it's like they're not even hiding that like they're, they're token casting. You know what I mean? Like on so many shows, not just, not, I'm not just even talking Drag Race. I'm talking all kinds of shows. Yeah. Where, like, here's your one you know, you, black person. Here's your one. You're and one it's like, Asian and you're one Latinx person. We see you. It would be, it would just be cool if you just like, Maybe just did it. Maybe just had a bunch. Well, I mean, they're there. Like, Do it. The, everyone's that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a uh, it's kind it's of been galling. Really interesting. Not that I even really am a huge fan of The Bachelor, but it has been interesting to see them. That's get the straight a little... drag race. Huh? It's a, it is a straight, a straight drag, drag race. race. Yeah. It, it's been interesting to watch them try to get comfortable <laughs> with it's a straight drag race. And oh, that's oh. so funny. I mean, I literally every time, every time my straight friends tell me about the oh Bachelor, Bachelorette, I'm like, oh, so this is your drag race. Like I watch drag race like you watch this show, except right. the people that are on this show are very basic. But right, still, continue. Basic, like, yeah. basic. I'm so sorry, <laughs> y'all listening, but it's basic. A lot um, of Taylor Loft. 
Yes. Yes, very much. Um, anyway, the um, yeah, but they have they had a black bachelor and a black bachelorette, and then almost less than a year later, because I guess there's a couple seasons that come on here, there's another black bachelorette, and so I'm like, oh my gosh! And this time, the bachelorette who's black, I can't remember her name, about like a lot of the contestants, the bachelor men um are black men or men of color people of color which is great because i'm like in the past it'd been like here's the black contestant and all right. their white you know matches as if they're saying this person would never want to match with someone of a different you know like a black person yeah you know i feel mm -hmm. like they're afraid to have like a couple that actually gets engaged that's like you know not white not one of them white. yeah um right. So it's interesting. I, I I was actually turning the channel and saw all these fine black brothers and Latin guys and a couple Asian guys. I was like, what is this? Mm, what's this? And it was a bachelor. I was like, what is oh going God. on? I'm in hell. I historically cannot. I, I mean, I know maybe maybe something's like busted with my brain, and I understand that it's all fake. But I am so baffled by the Bachelor and the Bachelorette. I'm, I know that it's reality TV. I know that it's hyper-produced. I feel like everyone who watches at this point, everyone's media savvy enough to understand what's going on, but I still cannot, I cannot wrap my head around the idea of people even buying into the idea. Right. Like 20 people entering a house and all for some reason or another automatically being like, I want to marry that person. I it don't It seems so quick, it. doesn't it? I don't get it. I, I don't I don't get how that's like even in the realm of possibility because it's like nothing works like like that's that doesn't make any that's not a concept that makes sense to me. And yet here we are. <laughs> here we yeah, are well, I house. think it's fake too. But I'll tell you what. Um I was watching speaking of drag race and the bachelor, I was watching um I was when I was packing to go and do drag race, uh, I was had to figure out something to binge. And so I decided to binge um, Unreal, which oh, is, um, oh, yes. it's a scripted show, but it's like about, it's basically about The Bachelor and all the dastardly things um, that they do, you know, to manipulate the contestants and just do all kinds of crazy stuff. And I watched that, that show, the f entire first season of that show, which is so wacky, um, days before I went to Drag Race. And then I like got so paranoid that I they bet. were gonna like yeah. do that and sabotage me. Right, yeah. right. It's oh, you definitely didn't get a sabotage. I feel I feel like I mean there are some there are some people on the show who I feel like definitely got the wrong edit than what I feel mm -hmm. like maybe we know that they are, but you were you were just such an endearing sort of like the touch point. You were a touchstone on the series, on especially that season on of Thank the show. You. I don't a... know how much people. I wonder if people would agree with that. I I hear that more now, <laughs> Got, like people looking back and and like finally that they've had a chance to like let it sit. But honey, when we were on when we were on our season, people were dragging. Oh, this is the most boring season. It's the kumbaya. People very close to the show were saying, "Oh, this is the kumbaya season," and. Oh my God. And of course I was the first one that they said, like the, all of the, the boards read it or whatever was like, Peppermint's going home first. Look at her. She's going home first. <laughs> and you, you definitely did not go home yeah. first. Well, before we wrap up, there's one thing I do want, I don't know when it came out, but it feels very early pandemic. The, the viral video of you and, and, and Bob doing it's fashion. You're just, it's fat was like, so comforting in, an, in what I feel like was a weird time, at least for me. I don't know if it was early pandemic. Was it? When did that happen? Eva? It's fashion meets. It's fashion. It's, excuse me. It's fashion. It's fashion. Is it? Fa Wait, what is it? Fashion. It's fashion. Stop it. I have something to say. Shut up. Here we go. It's special, guys. Stop. Uh, it was. It was. It was definitely during the pandemic. Um, yeah, it, it was, was early, early pandemic. pandemic. It was probably yeah. like May, Ma Ma May, April, May, June 
April, yeah. May, March, March, 2020. Yes, exactly. Okay. It was literally when wow. everything shut down. And I remember you were still in the same room. So it's clearly right before everything. Yeah. Shut down. And yeah. I remember seeing it and thinking like, okay, this a is what I desperately need right now. Like I just need this sort of, because it, I think in a weird way, and we'll, we'll play a clip, a little clip of it for people oh. who maybe don't know, but like, I think in a weird way, it was sort of like we weren't able to see our friends and we weren't able to be with our friends in a very literal sense. And so like you two, and I know Bob like in real life, but like seeing you two together laughing like that, it was just what I think I needed at that Aww. moment. It's just fun to watch friends who know each other, like make each other crack up. And yeah. it, there's just, you just can't buy that and you just can't create it. You can't create that kind of chemistry. And like that clip is so funny. And the, the fracking clip is hilarious and so funny just watching you guys just together it's like okay actual like the, the friendship is so real and it's so yeah. heartwarming to see yeah i mean i i feel the same way it's heartwarming to be in i love bob so much and um they are very loving and supportive and we we talk all the time and you know even though now we don't live in the same state but mm. um yeah you know we the we were able to really utilize technology to, to keep each other entertained. She asked me yeah. literally the night before she was doing a stand-up show to open for her. And I I was like, it was like the first time getting back up doing stand-up post pandemic. And I was like, there is no way I'm opening for you as my first show because that crowd will eat me alive if I bomb. Like that <laughs> crowd will kill me if I bomb. So I felt really bad for saying no to bomb, but I had to. <laughs> I had to. I had to. And I don't think he's used to people saying no to her, but I did. I had to. <laughs> that bitch. Oh, was Bob like, what? No, no, no. He no, didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Peppermint, for being here. Where can people follow you? Where can they find the new single? All the th things you have going on. People can find me on my social media, Peppermint247, honey, <laughs> on all socials. <laughs> And uh, they can also, they should download the Out TV, or if you're in England, the Fruit TV uh, streaming fruit TV? app. They call it Fruit TV in England? You darling, it sounds a little Everything like, is oh, backwards okay, in England. Yeah. <laughs> Love you guys, download, though, listening. <laughs> download those app, the streaming app on your favorite devices so you can watch both Call Me Mother and my new short film, which just went to the LA Queer Film Festival and oh, the, thank you, and the Tel Aviv Film Festival. It's called A Girl Like Me, which is basically the visual album or sh short film of my uh, most recent EP. Um, and yeah, you can check it out. And if you're gonna be in New York City, then you should get tickets to my new show at Joe's Pub, December 5th and 6th. December 5th is sold out. December 6th um, at Joe's Pub. It's A Girl Like Me live That's in concert. Wonderful. Well, thank you so Amazing. much for being here. Ow! And another thing. Okay, well, uh, I am still high off of spending Friday night at Elliot's place. Elliot had bing, Alan bing. and I over for a little party. We had a wonderful time. Elliot was Speak celebrating for yourself. His, we had a, Elliot was celebrating <laughs> uh, his boyfriend's new job, um, which was really cool. We were there yeah. for about 20 minutes and then it turned into an eyes wide shut party. So yeah. Alan and I left at that <laughs> point. Very but, strange. But we had a great time nonetheless. Uh, yeah. With that My said, God. Uh, so there was an article recently about blow fishing, which is a, a, a needlessly internet. Wait, 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 before you get into that, I gotta yeah. say, if Elliot did have an eyes wide shut party, someone would have a Susan Sontag mask. Like someone, <laughs> yeah. someone. Would or like a wig. The, yeah, 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 the skunk, yeah, yeah. The skunk line. I probably have a wig like that. I'll, I'll you do. Oh, well, you certainly yeah. do. Yeah. Um, someone wrote a blog about blow fishing, which is sort of, yeah. um, intentionally making your going on a date and intentionally making yourself or your life either artificially uh, lying or embellishing your successes and 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 accomplishments and all these things and the question from the, in the article was do people do this and it was it was just like it was so it's such an uh, to me it's like such an internet thing because you're like well of course, like everyone does that. Like everyone embellishes to a certain degree. I always thought um, it was more had to do with the appearance. It had to do with like a weight thing. No, this is not, but this is like a distinctly about lying. Not, I think it's less about embellishing and more about lying about your like assets. I mean, 
it can oh, be anything, yeah. but I think it's more egregious where you're you're not just yeah, it's something, the truth. It's you're something like, big. It's like a big difference from who you are. And I think it, yeah, I think it is like, it can, it can be anything, but it has to be like a dramatic difference than what you presented online yeah. or something. I, see, I don't know why, what, like, why would you do that? Like if you're going on a date with someone. I've had it. With the presumption that you'll continue, ideally continue seeing them if you like them. You're, you're instantly putting yourself into like a, a movie like farce about how you set up yourself up to be person A and you're actually yeah. person B. And like, you're just, you're building a house of cards. Why would you do that? It, it genuinely makes absolutely no sense. But right. I've had it done to me. I mean, Brent, you you did the detective work oh, on yeah. one guy who I went out with who said he was a lawyer. Uh, right, yeah. And he was, everything about him, like it just be, I only went out with him a couple of times, but he was a little, he was intense and it just kept getting a little, it just kept getting weirder. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the way he talked about his wealth and the homes he owned and Brent, I mean, Brent did his detective, you know, his internet sleuthing <laughs> that I don't even understand where he gets the tools to do such things, but he was able to locate that he had been disbarred, right? So you, what he told you was that he, he became a lawyer and he just didn't want to do it and he didn't like it. And so he quit and, but he was only like 32 at the time. So right. I was like, there's just no way that's, I mean, you would, a lawyer has 300 grand in debt, you know, yeah. uh, by the time they've graduated from law school. So that's I had a feeling he had, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I had a feeling he'd been disbarred. So I found proof that he was disbarred. <laughs> sure did. <laughs> yeah, right. But like then- with someone like that, and I'd see, I mean, it's happened to me too before, I always, I mean, I do tend to feel not bad, but I I tend to like understand in a way where some of it comes from, because there is like, even with him, it seems like, I mean, being disbarred is an embarrassing thing. And it's something that I wouldn't necessarily want to communicate about. And it's like, you can kind of see the source of the lie and you can, you can rationalize the source of the lie, be it a career thing or even a weight thing or an age thing. Oftentimes it's an age thing. I mean, there are so many times where I would go on dates with guys who would dramatically lie about their age to a point where there was one time where I found out that the guy, cause it's like, you don't even think how easy it is to find out. I went on a date with this guy and he said he was 26 and I was, I was, I think maybe 28 or 29 at the time. And so it was last year. And he mm-hmm. um, he said that he was 26 and I, I know I Googled him afterwards cause he's an actor. And his age is there. Like his age is yeah. there on IMDb for me to know exactly how old you are. And he was like 36. And it oh, was right. like, and it's not like that makes a big difference. It doesn't make a big difference, but the difference then but is- But it's dishonesty. You lied. Yeah, you you lied. And so now I don't like understand. And I get why you lied because it's a, the toxic gay world that we live in and appearances yeah. and things and all of the whatever. But it's like, but now I don't like you because you lied like that. Yeah, ten, of a lie. Ten years is a ten years is a big deal. I That's lie on deal. my on my hinge profile. I I, sh- I shaved a year off. I shaved a year off, and we have a friend who f- who I was chatting with this friend recently, uh, and I told her that I do that, and she got like almost mad at me. Really? She's like, Why? She's like, you need you need to change. You need to be honest. You need to change it. And I was like, I was like, okay, we'll do. And I like hung up. It was so weird. No, I think I think especially on online dating profiles. I mean, it depends. Like, if if you go out with the person and you find it's something real, you probably at some point want to be like, yo, I, I fibbed a little bit. Like, you can't yeah. lie for that long about of not course. being the age you are. But that said, like, I mean, it, when I'm in drag and stuff, I will lie about my age all the time. Like, of course. Well, in, that's, yeah, it's I, like I, an act. That's a show. It's a yeah. thing. It's like, and I'll make jokes about my age or whatever. Like I, it's, I will constantly do that, but then it's like pretty transparent. They know yeah. that I'm lying. You know right. what I mean? I mean and Ellie, also Ellie makes shaving, jokes. I was going, sorry. I was saying shaving a year off of your age is, is nothing. nothing. Yeah. I don't know what, what your friend got so mad at. It's like shaving 20 pounds off your, how much you weigh on your license. See, like it doesn't, it, right. it's, 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 it's everyone does that. That is totally normal, but That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. If you say that you're a lawyer when you are actually a librarian, then that's a, what that's, he was, that's a problem. Scary. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's a, yeah. th- or you work at Starbucks, but you say that you're a doctor. Like that's a problem because then yeah. you're just like lying outright about who you are. Right. 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 Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. Wait, Brent, weren't you gonna make fun of me in some capacity? I, I was. I was gonna. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. <laughs> Elliot. Elliot loves. He's always like 
joking and making <laughs> jokes about like at, at his party over the weekend, he said he was 38 years old and everyone started laughing because, <laughs> because we're like, Oh, that's so ridiculous that Elliot thinks we're going to believe that he's 38 years old, you know? Cause so I'm older. Silly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What would, what would your, your aunt, aunt say? Brent, what would your Aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's show? You sure didn't say much to Peppermint. <laughs> <laughs> she listens close. Yeah. <laughs> um, my Aunt Joanne would say, uh, don't think I didn't notice when you tried to steal your sister's uh, Dolly surprise. <laughs> she, I was obsessed with that her doll because you could like oh, throw wow. its hair. Yeah. Uh, I, I wait real. I love yeah, those yeah. dolls that could like wet themselves. Remember those yeah. dolls? Oh yeah. <laughs> I yes. was kind of like obsessed with that. I was oh, like, yeah. all right. I'll, I'll, I actually I'll wanted to do. That. I wanted to do. I was telling Michael the other day with um, my friend Godoy, who's a drag queen, a video of me as like a baby. Like it's like Godoy's holding like a little baby doll or uh-huh. whatever, and they puts them on the couch, and then you do a close up, and I'm the face on the baby, and then I just start peeing everywhere. <laughs> That's a good idea. I thought I like that, that would be really funny for a video. Uh, you should do that. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, now, what Alan. Would, what, what would, would your... aunt? Uh, yeah, what oh, would aunt say? My aunt Anne would say, um, "I don't. I, you know, I lie about my waist. I lie about my age, <laughs> but I do not lie about my breast size." Double D. <laughs> <laughs> oh, aunt Anne. Huge boobs. Always Huge has boobs. something. Has something priceless. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. I'm Elliot Glazer. I'm Elliot Glazer. <laughs> my audio went away, so I'm just gonna say, "Bye." <laughs> I can't. It's never normal. <laughs> oh wait my 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 mic cord went out so i didn't have anything for a minute so. now you go it, it's never normal the whole the horror of of not ending with like <laughs> literally we're, we're, like two percent of our listeners are still listening and, and the horror that i'm like i'm elliot glazer elliot's like you son of a bitch <laughs>